Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Podcast. Read the podcast. Read your host, my guy. What's up, everyone? This is the Rejunk Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kremko, and I got another new episode for you today. I saw The Misfits over the weekend with my buddy Chris Taylor, who came down from Rhode Island. So this episode is pretty much that. We uh, we talk about seeing the concert at The Garden in New York City. Um, before the episode starts, be sure to follow the site on social media like Instagram and Facebook at Rejunk. Obviously, check out the website as well, Rejunk.com. You can listen to the podcast on the site, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, wherever you get podcasts. Speaking of Spotify, I'll be posting a new music playlist for the month of October at the end of the month. So check out that. Just search for Rejunk or Brian Krumko. That's pretty much it. So let's get right into the episode. Here's Chris and I talking about the Misfits concert. I think it was it last year or two years ago where they played Newark? Uh, yeah, I think it was two years ago in Newark. Uh, was it 2017 or something like that? I think yeah. I tried to get tickets and I saw something like a seat and I was like, I'm not sitting in a seat to go to the Misfits. And then we sat in a seat to go to the seat of Misfits. And the, and the tickets were like 10 times cheaper too. They were like $60 or $75 or something like that. And we ended up paying like what, like 120 something well, I think one of the reasons why the tickets were like what they were, um, I guess a little bit of history of Madison Square Garden. From what I've heard, historically, nobody really makes money at the garden. It's just like you're basically paying for the privilege to play there. Like even bands like Kiss, they they say they never make any money at the garden. Huh. It's just one of those like, hey, we, you know, at least we get to say we played there. So I, I'm wondering if maybe the inflated ticket prices were to kind of overcompensate to actually try to turn a profit. I'm pretty sure they made something off the of merch unless, you know, Madison Square Garden took a massive cut of that too, which I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, probably since the t-shirts were $40, hoodies were 65 Yeah, so they were expensive. It's like I don't usually normally pay for shirts that much money. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I, I'm like, do I really need another T-shirt? And I'm like, well, I mean, you'll probably never see this again unless you run into one of those random guys in the subway that were selling uh, officially licensed apparel. Oh, yeah. Got, got any tickets? Got any tickets? I got merch. I got merch. <laughs> Well, it's weird because like years ago, this is probably like actually 21 years ago, I saw the BC boys at the Continental Airlines Arena, Rizod, whatever corporate naming rights center it was. And I bought this one shirt off of one of the guys in the parking lot. And that shirt lasted forever, which is weird because I always thought that those bootleg merchandise shirts (laughs) didn't last. I mean, sometimes, sometimes they're better than the official merch. I mean... I wasn't, I got the shirt that I got, but I wasn't really happy with like, you can tell that it was like a JPEG or something and stretched out and pixelated. And then like the inks kind of blurred out a little bit. I'm like, I paid fucking $40 for this. Well, I'll say, I, I guess that that's them going back to their punk rock roots of shitty printing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. So, I mean, give us a little bit of history of the misfits and because no one knew this was going to happen. Like maybe like, 10 years ago or what, what, when it was the first 
reunion? Was it at Riot Fest? Uh, yeah, it would have been Riot Fest. Um, basically, the band was active from about 77 to 83. Um, they had a host of members. It wasn't always Doyle in there. They had other guys like Bobby Steele. Robo played drums for them for a while. There, there was a mishmash of people in and out of the band. But uh, the final lineup um, was, uh, I forget who was on drums, but you know, Danzig, Jerry, and Doyle. 83 they split uh glenn danzig decided to start sam hain and sam hain eventually morphed into uh his solo material like danzig mother we all know that but like uh jerry and doyle on the other hand they tried their hands at a couple different things like at one point they made a christian metal album wow i didn't know that yeah chris the conqueror um I don't think they ever toured. I think it was like a studio only thing, but like over the course of time, they would do the chiller horror fest in New Jersey. They do signings and stuff like that. But, um, I guess somewhere in the early nineties, there was, uh, some kind of legal agreement that Jerry and Doyle could go out and use the misfits name again. So that gave birth to the, uh, Michael Graves era of the misfits and they got signed to, Geffen Records, and it actually was a pretty successful album for them. So they went through, they did that, and over the years, uh, things kind of filtered down. Doyle ended up leaving the band, and Jerry turned the Misfits into like a punk rock celebration. He brought in uh, Mark Ramon and Dez from Black Flag, and they did like a 25 or 30 years of punk tour, and that kind of fizzled out, and then it became uh, Misfits with a bunch of other people, and Somewhere along the lines, there was a couple uh, deals that I guess Jerry made that there was historically, I think, a $1.4 million merchandising deal with Hot Topic. And uh, I don't think Danzig was too happy with that. I don't know if he was consulted, but the legal agreement from the 90s was that he always got a cut of their merchandise. So somewhere in there were some lawsuits. And as a result of the lawsuits, um, allegedly they agreed to do 10 shows. And this apparently was the 10th show. Yeah, we'll see if that actually happens, but <laughs> we can we can get into that a little later. Yeah, later. On. <laughs> um, wait. So when was the settlement? I, it seemed like it was a lot recent, more recent than the nineties. I, th- I think. Well, there was the original. The the original lawsuits kind of came about in the nineties, and the result of that was that Jerry and Doyle had the rights to tour under the Misfits name. But uh, for some reason, whenever you ask them who wrote all of the original Misfits material, they give some weird, vague kind of response that Glenn Danzig wrote everything. And just the way that they usually respond uh, leads me to believe that maybe that might not be true, but it's something they have to say, you know, on the books. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was watching, watching a video with Doyle yesterday, and it was, he, he said that. He's like, yep, and kind of, kind of with like a smirk. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, it's true. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um okay so i mean so then they did riot fest and they did a show out in like la and vegas i think was it vegas yeah i think they did they did the one show in vegas i think they did maybe two two shows in la one in seattle um yeah but yeah i yeah i mean i should have went to the one in newark but i i wasn't ready there yet to like go and and everyone's like, "Oh, you should go and see it." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not really a fan of arena shows." Well, uh, I'm wondering how much different this show was than like what you would have gotten in Newark because I mean, I think they played I, more songs. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I heard the complaints, you know, that at the Newark show, the sound was terrible. But then again, you know, I saw other people saying the sound was terrible at this show. And I kind of disagree. Yeah, on the floor, people said it was. But where we were sitting, it was fine, I thought. Yeah. Um, And I guess people were complaining at previous shows about, like, that Glenn didn't sound that great. But um, he sounded fine to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so I mean, we we can start off how the show. So we so we ended up getting tickets like up in like the rafters, pretty in the two hundred section, and it was like one twenty something a ticket. You know when we were no, really on Ticketmaster, it was, was one hundred and thirty eight bucks a ticket. No, you pay me that because you just wanted <laughs> to do one thirty eight. <laughs> well, we we did pay one thirty eight. Um, yeah. So then, so then we just had to wait months after we bought the tickets, but you know, thankfully we got tickets. And it, I probably I don't know if I would have went if if it wasn't for a birthday present though. But I'm kind of glad I did because it was a chance to see the Misfits. Um, so then you came over to my place. We took the train down to New uh, from Ridgewood to Secaucus. Then trying to get on a train from Secaucus that was a bit of a bitch because the whole train was full when we were everyone was waiting on the platform so then everyone kept trying to run to every door trying to get into the into the train and everyone's like no it's not happening but everyone's like goes and sits right by the fucking door it's so irritating like you have like a whole row of people inside but they're all just yeah. it, so they block the door which is not you're not supposed to do but it's just stupid newbies that don't know how to go on a train well, I, I'm glad that, you know, the next train we got on was like, you know, easy to get on because uh, yeah. I was totally ready to run into like an old school pylon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done that in the past on the path. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm not waiting for another train. I'm going to get on this train. You are going to get bruised in the process, but I'm getting on. <laughs> imagine, imagine if I actually did run and do that run and jump that I wanted to do. That would have been psychotic. You would probably have been in jail. <laughs> yeah. No, but thankfully, uh, the, the the next train was a double decker and was a lot lighter. Of course, as soon as I sit down, there's like some puke bag or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, man, I I chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, I, I mean, I originally wanted to go to Brother's Jimmy, uh, Brother Jimmy's barbecue. That was like a 15 minute walk. I think it's on Lexington Avenue, but it looked like it had good food, but. It's a 15-minute walk, but then thankfully we bailed on that plan because we've gotten to the city so so much later because the trains suck. And then you're just like, you're sitting on a train. It just like takes five minutes, you know, get through and uh, it's like stop and go, stop and go. And it's like, come on. It's like it, you're like five minutes away, yet it takes like a half hour plus to get into the city from Secaucus. It's it's like, why are we stopped in this tunnel? I, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we just grabbed some pizza, which I, I always go to that pizza place, but I don't know why I do because the crust isn't that good. It's like really crusty, kind of like it's too hard, but I'm like, I'm so hungry at that point that I'll just eat anything. And it's like, yeah, it's New York City pizza, but it's, it's yeah. really not. It's like I need a, like an Italian place. <laughs> I think it's because they do, you know, obviously I'm a pizza expert for anybody that follows me on Instagram. Um I think they do like a lot of cornmeal at the bottom to to uh, to kind of plan it out. I think that's what their their secret is. I yeah, I don't know. It, it seems it's just it's not as what it should be. And I I need to find another spot in Times uh, not Times Square uh, like Herald Square area. Uh, well, you could have went to Michael Scott's favorite pizzeria. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, yeah. I don't know if I've ever eaten there. Maybe like out of desperation of being really hungry, but was it Sabra, Sabra? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spar- or something uh, like that. Sparrow. Shitty pizza, nonetheless. Just like Pizza Hut and. Um, yeah, so then we got, so we went and had pizza, then we got to, uh, inside the club, which, or the club, uh, Madison Square Garden, and the lines weren't too bad, again, like, we walked right up to, to security, and did that, and then we got some merch, or you, you waited online for merch, which I don't know why, because it was like every other spot, there was tons of merchandise all over the place. Well, I, I was, I was kind of, like I said, we were at the show, I was kind of, you know, Still kind of burnt by uh, when I went to this one wrestling event in Chicago. They only had one merch stand open. So I'm like, listen, man, I'm not going to miss out on something, you know, this time yeah. around. And I will say, too, this was this was actually my second uh, thing at Madison Square Garden this year. And, yeah, both times getting in there was easy as cake. I mean, I don't know why, you know, other places it can't be that easy. Yeah, I mean, they don't – they. They don't really. I mean, we didn't have any bags with us, so I mean, I guess it was somewhat easier with going. We just went through the metal detector, and that was fine. But then scanning our tech tickets was too, you know, two seconds long. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then we got us. Then we then we walked up, and I got it. I got a shirt up on our floor. Uh, I'm like, yeah, because I, I I like the ones that I like the ones that they had, like with the green. There was like the green outline of the original Misfits. But yeah. it seemed like the shirt, the logo is too, it takes up the entire shirt. I don't like shirts like that. Um, so the one well, I got they, was somewhat better, yeah. but. Well, they used to have those all over print shirts. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Or like when they had that, they had like, uh, there was a time period where people would do the print word be like on the right side of your body. Yeah, like, I hate, <laughs> I never got those and I hated it. I'm like, it's so dumb. <laughs> But, but then I was like wearing, a sh- I was wearing a shirt yesterday and I was like chafing my nipples. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to be one that like I run with. <laughs> it's like, I hate like that thick ink kind of t-shirts where it's like, it's going to kill my chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we went and got our seats and then we had to wait for a good half hour, which, you know, it's, it's kind of what it happened, but it, it, it went, by, it went by quick. It wasn't like too long. But it's like, all right, we, yeah, we rushed rushed in here for nothing. <laughs> well, we got to hear Pet Cemetery by the Ramones seven times that night. Yeah, and baby, I love you. Yeah, I kept hearing the Ramones. I, yeah, we must have heard the Ramones just over and over and over again. And well, I, think, I mean, it yeah. had a subliminal effect because I did go on eBay. I'm like, man, maybe I should get some Ramones vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, like I'm, I'm in a Ramones mood, but of course, I feel like I heard the same album over and over again, but... Um, yeah, so then the dam came on, which I'd never seen the dam before. Um, I, I never really, really got into their music though. I don't know. It's like, I, I, I know a few songs. I know like Nee 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 and New Rose and, uh, the one like Jet Boy, Jet Girl or something it's called. I, like that. I guess it's historically they played a lot with the Misfits back in the day. Like, you know, when you go back to the early, you know late seventies, early eighties days. I think there's a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of the facts that I learned about the misfits, there's this one website, misfits central. And, uh, they kind of like overly detail certain aspects of their career. Like, I guess, um, one of the guys from the damned and Bobby Steele used to cause a lot of havoc. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of similar in like the horror punk kind of thing, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they sounded good. Uh, it's just like, like I said before, I, I hate arena shows because it's like seeing the dam, I think in Irving Plaza would have been so much more better than, or just better than seeing them at the garden though, because it's like, it just loses some of the magic of a punk show. And it's yeah. just like, everyone's just kind of standing around and you just see the one little circle put and then like, that's it. And everyone else is not even like bobbing their heads. And of course we had what? some people like by us that were just, constantly on their cell phones for the oh. entire- <laughs> yeah so, let's get so into we, that <laughs> yeah we should kind of point out too because i know one i know a few people asked like hey how are you able to get like instagram live videos or instagram stories and other pictures you know how come you didn't get beaten to death and it's like just just to put it out there there were no like cell phone pouches like yonder there was none of that which i'm kind of happy but at the same time Kind of wish um, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> there were people that were on their phones the entire set. Like there show, was one, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, no, because they they got off their phones after the band stopped playing, which really yeah. baffled me. Like, what was it? To the right of us, there was the woman that decided to Google the bands while they were playing. Yeah, like, oh, this is what they look like. No, look, I look up. You can see what they fucking look like. <laughs> and then the one, and then the one asshole that was two rows ahead of us with had his screen so bright, and like that's like a big pet peeve with me, like uh, of mine, like dim your fucking phone. But but not not just that though. He was watching YouTube, but he was watching it like with his phone, you know, held held up not like so that he could look big and i'm like first off what is so important that you can't be in this moment because i'm like we've spent a lot of money for these tickets and you know these guys spent just about as much if not more because those seats were up more like yeah. <laughs> like you you have to watch whatever this card trick video you that's that's more imperative than this show you paid a hundred freaking dollars for man it's like looking up the dan band like why <laughs> <laughs> well apparently they're more important than the damn you know i don't know it's like when i thought about this show i thought about you know this is a legacy you know we'll never see these bands at this venue again probably so like this is like you know be in the moment or yeah. just look up you know card trick videos and sports scores on your phone the entire set yeah i'm, I'm all for like taking a, a video like of a, of a song or a take a picture, but then I would put my phone away and then I wa- would watch. And I think that's what people need to do. And these idiots all around us were just on their phones constantly. And it's like, maybe the pouches is not a bad idea. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking going up even into this weekend thinking that we were going to have to do it. But then I was like, all right, I guess we'll take, you know, take some video. And, and like every video in photo that I was taking, I'm like, I'm looking around everyone else. I'm like, why does everyone else like photos and stuff look better than mine on my iPhone? I have an iPhone XR, but it's, I don't know. Maybe they have a pro that just seems better to me. It's like every time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a photographer, so I know these aren't going to look good, but at least I say, hey, this is what I saw when I was there. Yeah, I just wanted to document it on the, the Rejunk Instagram page. And, you know, this, everyone else is, has a lot better views because we're all the way up there. You know, this used to be like the 400 sections in the old garden. <laughs> so it's- I, I, will, I will say it was it was a pretty impressive view when you were looking out on the arena just to see it as full as it was, you know, for for like this this basically punk rock show you know yeah I'm, i was actually surprised how sold out it was because supposedly when i went and saw um 
you know, the Stone Roses there, they, they, we were sitting up in the section that we were sitting in and then the gardening gave us tickets to go sit on the floor because they wanted to fill up the floor more than the rafters. So it's like, they didn't even have a full sellout for that one. And that's just, you know, but for the misfits, that thing sold out. You could tell like some of the, like the general mission was still in the back, wasn't completely full. Like I've seen it, I think more sold out like at green day and uh, Billy Joel, but, um, but for the misfits, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for most of the seats were were full, and I was actually pretty surprised by that. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's move on to to rancid because um, I don't know. I guess we were both kind of in the consensus this this was our fourth time seeing rancid beach. Like three and a half since I went saw them at Bash Festival earlier this summer and only got to see four songs <laughs> before a thunderstorm came in and canceled the fest. But yeah, they kind of they went through the motions and yeah, they had a good set. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they got through eighteen songs in that time period. It didn't feel like they were on forever. Although punk rock, yeah, (laughs) yeah, one of the assholes next to us was like, "Come on, just play Ruby Soho," and I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be like a huge rancid super fan, but I'm pretty sure that they have more songs than that. And I'm pretty sure they'll play that at the end. <laughs> yeah. The only song I was kind of bummed that they didn't play was uh, Salvation, because I think that's the first song I ever heard by them, because um, MTV used to play that on the regular. But um, everything else they play, they pretty much played everything else I want to hear, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what they can fit in with the was probably a 40-minute set, I would think. I don't yeah. Think, I don't think it was a half hour. Um, but yeah, yeah they, they, yeah, they kind of like just... Did, they did a few ska, ska ones. They did Old Friend. Um, of course, Time Bomb, which everyone loved. Uh, some other ones. <laughs> yeah, like Fall Back Down, stuff like that. And I, I was like, I couldn't even remember. I was like, wait, how do I know this song so well? I'm like, oh, yeah, they used to play this like on the hour on Fuse. Like, oh, it's Stevens yeah. Rock Show. Here's Rancid. Fall Back Down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, th- they, they, I guess they were just like really happy to be there, and they were giving shout outs to the Crow Mags and Ed Madball, like they do every show, and um, some other New York people, Noxic Front. I mean, that would have been awesome if they had a Noxic Front open instead of the Dam, but yeah, it would have been cool if they let um, Crow Mags JM, the one with John Joseph and Mackie play, because I thought it was very oddly specific that uh, Lars shouted out. The Cro-Mags, and then he made sure that it was uh, Joseph and Mackie. I was like, wow, because uh, the L.A. shows had Harley Flanagan's Cro-Mags open. Oh, so what's the deal between those Cro-Mags? Like, I don't know the story behind <laughs> why they're feuding. <laughs> well, because because everything's so lovely in punk rock. Uh, yeah. There was a recent lawsuit, and Harley won out to use the name of the Cro-Mags, so now John Joseph and Mackie's version, which has been touring for the last couple of years, occasionally uh, Craig Satari, who, you know, from Sick of It All and every other band in New York Hardcore's existence, um, he usually joins them sometimes on and off, but uh, John Joseph and Mackie's one is referred to as Cro-Mags JM, so Joseph and Mackie. So both of them will kind of exist. And actually, Harley's um, just put out a seven-inch on Victory. Ah, Victory. Yeah. Now a subsidiary of some other corporation. Yeah, so so for people that know that don't know, Victory just got sold, right? Or the guy that, that 
owned owned it is now. I mean, I, I don't know who it was sold to, but I heard it was sold, right? I wonder if they get the uh, excess stock of whoopee cushions in, in that in that acquisition. <laughs> People, by the like, way, who, yeah, by the way, what? yeah, by the way, if anybody can send us at Rejunk, well, you don't have to send us a whoopee cushion, but if you can send us visual proof that these things exist. You know, we've heard I've heard this story time and time again, but apparently around, I don't know, 2000, 2001 or 2002, Victory decided to market the band Thursday, the emo band from New Jersey, um, with handing out Thursday whoopee cushions at Warped Tour. I've heard the story, but I've actually never seen one. I know they exist. I know it's not some like tall tale, but yeah, it's sent us visual proof of this. If, Is if it, it on exists. eBay? I've looked. I'm like, man, I wonder how much one of those would go for. We should try to get a hold of hold of one and then do like a contest for one. Yeah. We can get it signed by the members of the band. I'm sure they'll be happy about that. Yeah, I, I feel bad because I used to like love Victory Records and then it's like I kind of stopped like promoting them because the just all the hassle that every band was going through. Like Streetlight Manifesto had so much problems going on with them. And I'm like promoting anything from them anymore. Yeah, even if you go all the way back to like Earth Crisis, uh, there was a big struggle. I I just heard a podcast about this, you know, recently where Earth Crisis was originally only budgeted $900 for the Firestorm EP. You know, that's like one of Victory's flagship releases. And uh, they went over like, I don't know, $1,100. And Tony Brummel was angry with them. It's like, you think about how much money that guy's made off of that record and not fairly play, paid them for it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe more and more bands need to sue him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, he got out of it and they, they own the back catalog. So they're happy. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, they, a lot of bands could just do what like carbon leaf and other bands have done where they, they just go and re-record all their albums. So they have the rights to them again, but yep. I know Jamie Josta was talking about doing that. I think um, every time Satisfaction is the Death of Desire gets re-released, it's like there's another chance that, you know, yeah, where the market's going to be so oversaturated with vinyl that when he finally does do the re-record, nobody's going to care. <laughs> the only problem with those those re-releases is, is it's like – which one do I put on my phone to listen to? Because it's like, I like the originals a lot of the time. And then sometimes like I might like one or two songs that they do differently. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like picking between kids, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I guess if we're talking about material that needs to be remastered and stuff like that. Um, so the misfits haven't released the misfits with Danzig have not released an album since like 82, 83. But everything here presented just sounded almost fresh, like it, it, like we were getting like a new like presentation of it. I'm kind of surprised they didn't announce they were going to like do a DVD or a live. Well, I guess nobody really buys DVDs anymore. Some a live access or Fathoms event. Yeah, know? I'm surprised they didn't they record this on the, to make more of their merchandise because that's probably where they get all their money from these days. Is like they had that pop up like merch thing, but I guess at noon before the concert. And I mean, I didn't go to it, but I'm sure all the kids did. They go get the. I don't know what was different as as opposed to what we had, but maybe I something think, better. I think that's a common thing because I've seen that at some wrestling shows where they'll have the truck outside and you can buy it. Like I saw them post up, they're like, you could buy it and put it in your car. It's like, 
we're in New York City. Nobody's going to just put things in their car. Like yeah. most of us took the train in or our cars are in a garage and driven up by some guy who's probably going to put dents in it when he brings it back down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I, I don't, that's what we're we talking about. I lost my train of thought. All right. Yeah. So I guess getting into the Misfits set, um, they played about 27 songs, I guess. Yeah. According to, with, um, yeah, twenty-three songs in the regular set and four songs in the in the uh, encore. Um, I mean, I don't think they went pretty deep. You know, not to sound like you know spoiled or whatever. There's probably one song I probably would want to have hate breeders added into this, just because I think a lot of a lot of our experience doesn't necessarily come from just listening straight up to the misfit sources. A lot of this, you know, we've heard other people cover these songs like Metallica, yeah. Earth Crisis. Snapcase, um, you know, the, the list goes on. I mean, everybody who's everybody has covered these songs. So, you know, a lot of these I'm hearing, it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what the original version sounded like. <clears throat> Did they do She? No, they, they that, that That was one they didn't do. They yeah. didn't, yeah. Hate Readers and She, those would have been two cool songs to hear. But, I mean, otherwise, they pretty much played most of everything else I wanted to hear. Like, I Turned Into a Martian, Where Eagles Dare, Mommy Can I Go to Kill the Night, Hybrid Moments, London Dungeon, Earth AD, you know. And my brother's like, I don't even know any Misfit songs. I'm like, come on. Yes, you do. I'm like, you've heard it, like, all over the place. Like, Last Caress and Skulls and, like, Astro Zombies. You've heard so many people, like, cover that. Oh, yeah. But he, yeah, he it, never got into Misfits. I did. So, I mean, as far as the sound goes, I mean, from, from our perspective, I mean, I was telling you when we were going in, I was like, I fully expect this to be like cranked to oblivion, like no low end. Like this is going to sound terrible, but we're just going for the experience. And it actually sounded way better than I thought it did. Yeah, it was around like that second or third song where the mic had like a ting to it of Danzing's um like microphone, I, I, I think I think they corrected it because I didn't hear it again after he was talking because it sounded like like a faulty X, XLR cable or something. I think I think sometimes, and I've picked up on this because um, I've heard it in some of his solo material. Like there's one that I listened to uh, off the Thrall Demon Sweat um, EP, where there's a live version of Mi Demon, and the whole thing is just him like holding his microphone out over like the the monitors and stuff like that, and you're there. Like, I mean, it, to me, it adds a little bit of character, but sometimes it's really annoying. But um, I, I think that's kind of where it came in. But like, as far as all the playing and stuff like that, the way everybody kind of, you know, shit talked online was they made it sound like they had the second guitarist there, AC Slade, who, you know, played in bands like Dope, Murder Dolls. I believe he currently plays uh, with Joan Jett. Um, he was on second guitar and i know a lot of people were shit talking saying well he's there because doyle can't play um i don't know man i i thought doyle was pretty damn good at this show and i thought he sounded great i couldn't really tell because i also i mean like i was just mesmerized because i'd never seen him before i'd never seen the misfits before i never saw jerry only's misfits never saw doyle's band but the way he just pounds the shit out of the guitar i'm like wow i'm like i'm like his knuckles must be like so like in his his hand must be just so like bruised and calicked and <laughs> oh yeah well he's he's he's, he's really a beast, big on man. yeah he's really big on working out you know I of course follow him on Instagram and before every show he's lifting weights and stuff like that I guess that's tradition when you go back to even uh, when him and Jerry were touring 
um, they would always set up and lift weights before the show and stuff like that. So yeah, and he's just stomping around on the stage, and then he's bam, 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 and then he would play. So I can see why they have a second guitarist. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it worked out good though because I think AC kind of you know really kind of played in the pocket like the studio thing. So he was like kind of like there to keep the the street you know versions of the song, and Doyle was just out there to just crush them. Yeah, he's he's got a, like a persona with the the makeup on and yeah, and then and then let's talk about Jerry and the fact that I think I think we I think I lost count count around six or seven, but he like his every song would like break his bass guitars. <laughs> that, was, he, that was it was sick. It was like he went. There was at least two occasions that he took it and he took the bass and just snapped it over his knee, and I'm like, how hard are you to be able to do that? Because I, I I've only smashed two bases in my run. I know I know rock star over here, but um, the two times I've smashed, the first time I did it, it didn't smash right. It took me a couple like knocks to do it. The second time I did it, I smashed it, but that's because I hit it one shot right against the butt of the base. But like I'm like the dynamics of smashing a base like that were just crazy. Like there were a few that he kind of threw up in the air, but then there was one where uh, there was this kid crowd surfing and instead of smashing it, he just handed the kid the base. So then it, it was, was a girl like, in a wheelchair crowd yeah. surfing. Yeah. So then, so then you, you picked up on this, like um, I guess like, you know, the, by the way, there's, there's like a pit the entire show, which was dope. But like all of a sudden you look down in the pit and you just see the lights from Jerry Oli's headstock and the wheelchair circle pitting with the base headstock. I didn't even know the person was in the wheelchair until I, I saw like people talking about it afterwards and then saw the video from it of the of the girl getting the whole unsmashed base from Jerry Oli. I'm like, man, that's going to be awesome. But then it's like, oh, fuck, now i got to carry this for the rest of the show. Well... <laughs> By the way, shout outs to the people who didn't, you know, act like douchebags and take that stuff. Because, I mean, I've tried yeah. to catch a smash guitar once and I fought with another person over it for like three songs. And I said, you know, this isn't worth it. So, I mean, props to people for not being jerks about that. Yeah. But he every it, and then it was like we were like in the 10th song and I was just waiting for it to happen after each song I was like oh you get kind of disappointed when he just stops he didn't break it I'm like alright I guess he's starting to run low and then and it's, and then Jerry and Danzing had like a great like just kind of going back and forth you know he was Danzing was like making fun of uh, Jerry and like oh, how many you got back there and like he's like oh <laughs> and then when he played Halloween he was like you know he's like don't worry there's more candy <laughs> yeah. yeah I gotta I gotta say you know because obviously going into this, you know, everybody has the stigma against, you know, with Glenn and Jerry, you know, not liking each other. But I felt like they had really good chemistry and I didn't really sense like, you know, this this, you know, blood feud or whatever that everybody's chalked up. I mean, if anything, maybe it was the finality of it. Maybe they were kind of at peace with each other. And uh, I, I think if anything, Danzig came off like super positive, which yeah, probably maybe probably say saying that really probably would anger him. So maybe I shouldn't say that. But he can't, he seemed like he was really enjoying himself. I think the three of them, you know, Doyle, Danzing, and Jerry, like you could see on their faces from even where we were sitting, you can see the glow on their face of just walking out on stage. As soon as Jerry comes out on stage, he does like a the slide ac across the entire MSG stage. So yeah. you could tell he was like really into it. It just like. 
and then him just breaking. Like I was talking to my friend Miguel, and he said that that Jerry was breaking his his all of his bases. I guess uh, at the Newark show too. So, which he ended up getting tickets at StubHub and getting the one hundred section for about I don't know fifty dollars less than what we paid. I'm like, damn it. We I heard those people on the train when we were going back. They said they bought those tickets day of show. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I would want to gamble like that. But yeah. That's what I was. I was. Gonna, I was planning on maybe doing that for the Newark one. I'm like, yeah, and I, I didn't just didn't jump at the chance of going. But glad I went for this one because it was. I mean, seeing the bands is one thing, but then what I hate about these things is the fucking people. And you know where I'm going to go with this next is the guy that was sitting next to the guy with the bright cell phone. The guy was smoking cigarettes the entire show, and. Now it like triggered my allergies and my sinus infection. And it's like, have some fucking like, like respect for other people that they don't want to smell your fucking cigarettes. You know, if, if you're one of those people that do that at a show, go fuck yourself because I, I like how none of us want to be rude, but this dude was to be a total douche. Like speaking of earth crisis, I wanted to get very militant on him and fucking start throwing shit at him, but I didn't want to end up in jail in the night. So bro, I was like, bro, if firestorm would have went on, I would have stomped him out. I mean, I was perfect crowdsourcing, uh, not crowdsourcing, crowdsurfing of like, I could have just stomped right on his fucking head and I, you know, I didn't, but it's like, and that guy, and the guy in front of me is like, oh, is this bothering, you know, he's like, it's bothering you too. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, if I was went right behind him, I would have said something, but I'm like, plus I, I was looking all over the place for like the MSG, like security. And since we were kind of in the middle, I couldn't really get up too many times and like if i was by the aisle i probably would have walked down and said this asshole smoking can you tell him to stop yeah, it was weird because i know you were talking about earlier how someone got kicked out you, another show you went to somebody you got kicked at a, out at a, ga- at a game of thrones concert <laughs> yeah so game of thrones concerts are more vigilant than misfits it's i don't know it's kind of weird though because I mean, aside from stupid crap like that, I mean, the vibe in there, it was very lax. It wasn't uptight. Like, I felt like for the most part, you know, regardless of the the cell phone crap that we were talking about and, you know, all that other stuff, it seemed like it was just the people were there. Like, you know, it just it was a vibe there. I mean, bunch of newbies that have never go to concerts are the ones that people that, you know, spend thousands of dollars on one concert a year or every couple years kind of thing it's like i'm sitting next to a guy that looks like robert zemeckis and he's got like he's, <laughs> and, they, and they came from like philly and and they're like so they came in like late to like rancid set and then he's like has like his misfit shirt over his like plaid shirt kind of thing it's like i, I don't know i was never the person that like would buy a shirt and like wear it to the show don't be that guy kind of thing yeah. yeah, I had it in my denim jacket. I just put it in my pocket the entire time for when I bought the shirt. But you, yeah, it was just like a put, weird crowd. Yeah, you have to put the shirt on so people know what show you're at. Yeah, it's advertising in case they didn't notice the band playing. Hey, on dude, the you like the Misfits too? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> They're gonna be playing tonight. <laughs> yeah, and just like this all around us, all the phones again, and just people googling like the Misfits, and it's like you didn't bother to do this afterward or like before or after <laughs> yeah i mean i don't uh, know i guess it's like one of those things like now i almost feel like they might have to play another show for all the people that didn't pay attention the first time when they were there yeah like this is it probably dot dot so, dot maybe so so that being said i mean you know we're a couple days removed from this now i mean do you feel like 
because I don't know, it's still kind of surreal to me because, you know, obviously we go to concerts on the regular. But did this feel like like history to you? In a way, because it's like what Jerry said, he's like, you know, punk rock was unheard of being played in like places like stadiums and arenas. And there, you know, he's like, and then we sold the fucker out. So it, it, in a way, it felt like something that was special um, of seeing the original Misfits and seeing Rancid and the Dam at these places. I mean, I could see the Rancid, pl- I could see Rancid playing there. I mean, it's got to be with some other people that are like some other opening bands that are just as equally as popular and good, though. Um, I'm kind of surprised they haven't like I know, know me too gotten some like tour with like the Chili Peppers or something like that you know where they they played the Madison Square Garden but apparently they haven't that was the first time you know what you know where I can see it see this happening is like they just go away for like 15 years and then come back and it's like old men and then play the play the MSG there but so like one of the things too I think I asked you this at the show I mean are there any other bands you could see kind of like having a big comeback show I mean sadly I know like bands like the Ramones that would have been perfect for them to have that unfortunately that can never happen but I mean are there any other like older Fagazi Fagazi Minor Threat um, you know as far as like that those type of bands but they would Ian would never set foot in that kind of thing I would think like that kind of venue um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm sure there's other bands that like the original dead Kennedys, if they ever got back together, uh, you know, along, but they wouldn't, again, wouldn't play that because it's not punk rock, you know, it's, it, it, it all comes down to money too. Is like, if like, Oh, we, we need to pay for a mortgage and <laughs> yeah. And I, I think one of the allures here is the, band, the original band being, you know, done for like 30 years and then returning. I think that kind of was part of the allure and some of these other bands haven't, you know, done that. I mean, uh, as far as we should probably address this other, um, part, you know, I know I had a couple friends hit me up, be like, Oh man, they should tour. And it's like, well, first off, I mean, that sounds like a cool idea, but Madison Square Garden definitely was like was like a last stop. I mean, you don't play Madison Square Garden and then go to play like the Key Bank Arena in Buffalo. Sorry to my Buffalo friends for that. But like <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a step down. I mean, even historically, one of the first shows I went to at the Garden uh, was the Guns N' Roses 2002 show. And uh, Axel pretty much stopped doing the tour right after that Madison Square Garden show. Um, historically, I've heard that uh, Glenn doesn't like to tour per se anymore. I mean, you have to remember, he's like in his mid 60s. So, yeah, I mean, he's not I don't blame him. Yeah. But like from what I've heard, he likes to do is he'll do like a fly in date or whatever. He'll, he'll do like maybe like a show or two that he likes to just fly home and be home with his with his books and whatever other Danzig things he has at his Danzig house. Yeah. A couple of days before the concert, um, Jeff Davis from Whose Line Is It Anyway was with Dave Foley and he took a picture with dancing because we were on, they were on the same flight <laughs> coming from i guess la or somewhere yeah yeah i think too one of the other things that he's trying to branch off to uh for those that don't know glenn has also in addition to his solo stuff he's also spawned a lot of different comic books and i believe he the night before the show he did like a movie screening premiere in new york for his um for his one comic book movie, which I've heard it's got mixed reviews, but I you heard know, it was then pretty again, shitty, but <laughs> yeah. 
it's one of those things. I, you know, I don't, I don't know of too many movies that I've watched that have ever been super critically acclaimed anyway. So it's one of those I'll probably watch it. I know I did watch the the uh, the dancing uh, Elvis special, and um, it was good, except the sound could have been better. Was it so, as good as Clown Nato? <sighs> nah, <laughs> oh, God, don't even get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't, I don't really see them. I mean, if I don't really see them doing a tour, um, maybe I could see, like, see them still doing one-off shows though. Like every yeah. do like twice a year because money talks and they seem like they were enjoying themselves. Even if they have a settlement, they're like, all right, well, let's fuck it. Doing till it's like the magic's worn off a little bit. I mean, if I were them, I'd probably stick to doing maybe one show a year around Halloween at Madison Square Garden if they could pull it off. Yeah. I think that works. Because a lot of people from all over the world came to this one thinking it was the last one. And then now there's rumors just a couple days after New York that my fucking throat's killing me. Uh, (laughs) It's probably from the cigarettes. It's it's, Uh, it's too many woes. (laughs) No, it's from the cigarettes, definitely. Uh, I felt like I smoked a pack of cigarettes after that concert. Um, but it, it now that it seems like the live nation is kind of doing this little thing saying that they might be playing in December at uh, Wells Fargo center. So people from Philly that didn't get to go to the New York city one, you might be in luck. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe that guy can have a show closer to him so he could wear another t-shirt over his Oxford dress for shirt again. Yeah. And and people that weren't able to go can go to this one. I know my my, my buddy Frank wasn't able to go because he was coming back from from uh, Disney World. So he's like, "Oh man, I can't go." But then he's like, "Oh, I heard I heard the pit was like really crazy, and people were like shirts were getting torn off." And <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'm like, at, from up from where where we were sitting, it didn't seem too bad. But I mean, that's we were all the way up. <laughs> it just seemed I mean- like it's people moving in a circle. Just looking down, I mean, it, it definitely looked like people were into it. It wasn't like um, like I went to a Metallica show up here at Gillette Stadium because I unfortunately live up in New England, and uh, I, that show was also pretty expensive. But I looked around, and most of the people there they, they looked like they didn't even know songs from the Black Album. I'm like, how do you not know songs from this album? It's sold 25 million copies, man. But like, I, I just think a lot of times too. And I know I see it up here. A lot of people will go to a show because it's the Boston thing to do, not necessarily because they're into it. And I mean, I didn't get the vibe. You know, of course, New York, there's a billion things to do. So there isn't like uh, going to things because it's a New York thing to do. You go to a thing because it's a thing. But like when I looked down, down there at the floor, like it looked like everybody was like into it, man. Like if, if you didn't see the pit, you know, people were, you know, everything before the pit was like everybody kind of leaning into each other, like that old Roseland wave that used to hit. Like if you didn't get up close, you were, you were being pushed closer. It was just great. Just from even where we were sitting that, um, just seeing everyone coming together to sing all the choruses and stuff. And that actually helped out the band because it probably, if they were just singing along, you probably could tell that like, they're probably like losing their voices and stuff halfway through the sets. But, but since everyone was singing, you know, you know, all the time, it just, I noticed that in the stone roses concert too, that it just, it gives you goosebumps of when everyone's singing at that kind of, that's the one thing I do like about arena shows is when everyone's singing together at the same time. Um, it gives you gives you that great feeling, but 
again, I mean, seeing the yeah. Misfits, like seeing the Misfits in like a smaller club would have been ideal and just have them play like five days. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, looking down at this, I feel like this wasn't so much an MSG show. Like I felt like they, they turned this vibe into their show, which I guess worked out. I mean, usually like, yeah, I have the same stigma like you do where it's like, you know, I don't like stadium arena shows, but like, this one, I really kind of feel like it, it made me kind of feel like this is what bands should do in arena. I mean, outside of like Metallica, I really haven't been excited about any other band playing like a stadium or arena. Yeah, it's got to be a really good show for me to go and, and to pay that prices to, to pay those prices, too. It's just, yeah. Anything anything more than like 65 bucks. I, I don't want to pay for that for a concert. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. If if they do ever do another show again, and it's like in reasonable travel, I probably will go. Yeah, depending on the opening acts, and it's just even not even opening acts because I mean, it's, it's seeing Rancid and the Dam were really cool, but you could just tell that they're like they were like the opening act, so they weren't into it as much as like the Misfits or maybe the the crowd. Yeah, it's just something about the opening. Opening, even if like I've seen Kaiser Chiefs like open up for Green Day, and it's just like the crowd's just not into any of the opening acts. It's, it's kind of like annoys me a little bit. But yeah, it's, people were a lot more, uh, you know, cheerful for the rant for Rancid instead of the Dam. Rant, the Dam's kind of got that old school kind of punk rock, which some people might not be into and probably don't know. Um, I mean, I only know a handful of songs, but. Well, like we were saying before, when it goes back to like the cover songs, like some of these people's main exposure to the Misfits might be those three Metallica covers, you know? Yeah. That's actually, I mean, I didn't start listening to, I don't even remember when I started listening to the Misfits after college, but I, I remember that, that Metallica with Green Hell, Green was it Green Hell and uh, was it Last Caress? Last, yeah, they did Last Caress and then later on they covered Die, Die, My Darling on that garaging thing. Oh, okay. Where do I hear Earth AD from? I feel like I know that I've heard someone cover that too, but Earth Crisis covered that. Um, there was a there was a cover there's covers yeah, album called Violent Violent World. Um, right. I'm trying to remember what else was on Bounce, that. I know Bouncing Snap, Souls did, was on it. Um, I don't know. Snapcase Snapcase did she? Was that a victory? Yeah. No, I think it was like some other thing. I, I I remember I remember owning it on tape, but I don't know what happened to the tape. Yeah. Okay, now I remember that. Yeah, that was right when, like, high school, I think, when that came out. All right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, after the concert, I, another, th- another thing that I ha- I've just been hating as, as an adult is halfway through shows, I just end up worried about when I'm going to leave. <laughs> and it's, well, I mean... It's the thing. The other thing is too for for people that don't know, uh, in New York City, a lot of times they'll have this thing called a curfew, and it depends on there. And I know in the instance of Madison Square Garden, it's a very strict venue as far as like unions go. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say like the unions ruin the shows, but um, the second it ticked past eleven, it was like eleven oh four or something like that and uh glenn glenn comes up and says hey just a reminder we have to kind of cut our set short because uh mass square garden is a strict union venue and i'm like well you're already over it so you might as well do it but then they came back they they did last caress and then they took a break and they came back for a four song encore so i guess they just said fuck it yeah i mean 
I think Hopefully they I think they, they started I think there was um they were projected to go on a lot earlier which would have helped cuz then we would have made our train home cuz it was like there was two trains there was like 11:14 train and then there was like a 12:34 train it was like oh f- at that point it was like like yeah, it's Sunday morning fuck it we'll just we'll I, just I, yeah I have a feeling if we took that earlier train it would have been like um trying to like leave like a zombie horde behind like like the train we tried to take in yeah it could have it could yeah because then after the show got out and we were all sitting in Penn Station and then we just all just I'm like let's just take the first train to Secaucus and then <laughs> that was everyone else's idea and it was just like a mad dash I was like grabbing onto you I'm like don't lose me <laughs> Hey man, I was willing to take the roof of the train. <laughs> but yeah, we got on and uh but then we like then we had to wait like wait a half hour or so, or so to go back up to where I live. And it's just like I I I this is why I don't go to too many shows anymore because it's just like the the mass transit sucks. So it's like either you got to drive and deal with that or drive into Hoboken or Jersey City and drive and take the train. Which yeah, I mean, it might be the ideal way of doing it, but it didn't seem that bad. I kind of knew it was going to be a late night. I think I got back uh, to my parents' house where I was staying for the show. I think I got back there just, just right at 2. So, I mean, it, it didn't seem that bad. I mean, it could have been worse. could have been like one of those whole 4 in the mornings. I mean, I yeah. think worst case scenario, if we missed both those trains and we had to wait for like the next train early AM. Then I would like, have been doing an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I swam across, you know, to get back. And then the next morning I had to go to a birthday birthday party at like a bounce place and then had like loud music of like Cotton Eye Joe was playing and some other shit. And I was just like, I was just like sitting down, sleeping in, like in the corner and like my head, like my head was like pounding. Like I had a hangover even though I didn't drink. I was like, oh, oh had this is- over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a bit rough. I'm like, I felt still- your pain. I, I had my, uh, my almost three hour drive back home after I slept a little bit. And I was like, uh, when I finally got home, I was like, I don't even want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just want to sit on my ass for the rest of the day, which I did. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. So, um, I, I guess overall, um, I guess, would you go again if you had a chance to go see the misfits? Yeah. It just, I guess it depends on when and where, and if I can get better seats next time. I, I think next time I would do a, StubHub route and try to get tickets like close it kind of just check it every day and then see if we can get closer you know seats because I didn't mind where we sat but it's just like it's still nicer to sit a little bit below where we sat in the in the rafters it would be kind of interesting to see a show up in that uh the bridge the bridge level of the garden because it just seems like it would just be a bird eyes view of it yeah but I don't know if I would get me that would get me nauseous. <laughs> you're in the hawk's nest, you yeah, know. Like. It's just like you're looking straight down, and it's like, don't fall, don't fall. I and then that bridge thing shakes too, probably. So it's like, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, I don't know. So it's but but I would definitely I would definitely go again. It's just under you know whether or not I have the money for it, because um, you can't do can't do arena shows all the time like that. It's just it gets too pricey. Yeah, it'd be nice if I can, you know, get a photo pass. But I know how that got. I saw maybe like four or five photographers for the damned and the and rancid, and 
they must have been with the band because they were on the stage and it's just so obnoxiously like in their face. It's like, don't do that. It's like, oh, did you get it? Did you get your shot? I think everyone saw that you got your shot of, of Tim singing and your camera's right in his fucking face. And it's like, well, I don't know. It's like, be a little bit more uh, like hidden. <laughs> I wonder how many photographers were at that show that didn't. Because I know uh, one of Doyle's besties, he was there and it was kind of like a birthday present for him to go to the show. Yeah. And he's always taking pictures at like the Palladium and stuff. And he does like a lot of portraits for like uh, Doyle and a ton of other artists. And uh, I didn't see him in the pit. So, I mean... But I don't, I think I might have only saw, saw like one or two people in the photo pit for, for the misfits. Cause I was like, I was, I'm like, I'm wondering if this guy is going to be in Danzing's face cause he's going to get bunched. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe like, uh, maybe they just were like real, like, um, they probably work for MSG and they have the, the yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just didn't want to doyle up, doyle up the passes, you know? But yeah, I wish I wish I got. I always wish I took pictures of the Misfits, but then I always heard about all the, the problems with it, so I never even, don't even bother. That's why I never saw Jerry Only's band. I don't know how he is with uh, with photos compared to to Glenn. But but believe it or not, um, there's actually a lot of really high quality videos out on YouTube of the show, which yeah, is kind of sad when you think about how much they could have you know did. They could have like you know filmed the whole thing professionally got soundboard audio but i mean i guess we're in the age of uh you know anybody can take video on their phone maybe some people shouldn't maybe some people should you know yeah and if you do dim your screens <laughs> but i i don't know i'm kind of like in the middle of the pouches of them being used because on the one hand it's like it's let people just enjoy the concert and then another part of it is like, what if there's an emergency? What if there's like a threat at the place that's like everyone's going to be trying to open up these pouches at the same time? And it's just like, I, I could see like security concerns about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it just comes down to huge discretion. I mean, some of these people, like the one guy in front of us that was like pretty much on his phone every minute of every band set. The, he probably psychologically doesn't even realize that he's doing it unless yeah. somebody pointed it out. And I think it's a, it's, it is a user discretion thing. Cause like me or you, you know, it's like, Hey, we took a couple pictures here and there and, and that was that and put our phones away. Some people just don't have that filter on. And it's like, I, I was kind of hoping maybe some of these people's batteries would run out on their phone and you know, that would, that would kill that. But I don't know. I mean, Hey, it's it's a different world than like when I first went to shows in 1993 because I guess you couldn't carry that big suitcase phone those first cell phones. Well, yeah, or even like the flip phone. Like, what are you gonna get kind of a photo and a, you know what kind of photo? I don't even think they took photos back then, back in the 90s. Yeah, they didn't even have yeah. a cell phone back then. Yeah. I don't think anyway, but yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, I mean, as much as we were making fun of them and just people around us talking or like looking at their phones. It was still like a, it was still a great concert with three great bands. Uh, obviously the misfits were my favorite rancid. I mean the damned, I, I liked a few songs. I mean, maybe if I listened to the damn more, I would like them like their set more or perhaps seeing them at Irving Plaza uh, yeah. or something like that, which is being currently renovated. Um, but yeah, but yeah, great concert. Uh, I don't know when the next one I'm going to, but <laughs> I'm, st I'm still tired from the from Saturday night. I think the next one I'm going to will be uh, 
there's an Atreyu show at the Strand, but I'm not really going for Atreyu. I guess I should, I, I don't know, maybe I just poser checked myself right there, or maybe I just unposered myself. But uh, one of my favorite bands, He Is Legend, is supposed to be opening up for them, and it's the one shot that I have to catch them locally. So, I mean, it's a couple minutes down the hill at the Strand, which is the former Lupo's location, so I'm going to check okay. that out. Um, also, I guess maybe plug some future stuff here. I have like maybe three albums that I'm going to be reviewing in the next couple weeks. So, um, okay. Cool. And I, I don't know what I'm doing. This podcast will probably be up tonight. Awesome. Yeah. All right. That was just cool. Uh, thanks for coming to the concert with me it's better to go with somebody instead of by myself but (laughs) yeah that's pretty much like every show for me it's like i'm like maybe maybe i have such a shitty taste in music that i have to go to myself by myself to these things like trying to bitch at bitch with someone else about people smoking cigarettes and cell phones and bad trains (laughs) fucking train or that one guy that was talking to us about vegan burgers and (laughs) I, i enjoyed it up until he he Went and he went and took a complete like left turn. I was like, wow, how did we get there? And he was wearing a purge mask. So I, I kind of wanted to be a little civil with him in case he actually wanted to enact the purge or something. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, and then he's like, yeah, said something about like liberals. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Is like, that where you left the left turn you were talking about? Yeah. I was just like, where, where, how are you talking about like vegan food? And then you just went like, like, I was like, what? Yeah. Whatever. The guy was high. Whatever. <laughs> no, he was a completely straight-laced, normal person wearing an Oxford dress shirt and khakis and orange and a, orange and dreads. A, yeah. And if you're listening to this, hi. Great. <laughs> okay, now he's now he's gonna come purge us, man. I shouldn't have said that. No, he was nice. I mean, it was just like I don't know. I've I've tried the the Beyond Burgers and it's. Just, they smell, but they they taste okay because I cover them with all the other shit that you need to put on a burger and stuff. But just I don't know. I'm, not- I'm pro beyond. I have not had the life life uh, ones yet, but I had the hot dogs that were okay. Um, the Impossible Burgers. I haven't had like the home one because I haven't seen it available. But the ones I've had, you know, between like one that I had at a pub and the Burger King ones. I mean, the ones that I had at a pub, they're okay, but. I don't think anything beats the Beyond stuff. Yeah. All right. Now I'm hungry. All right. So let's end this because I go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later, dude. Later, man. Bye. All right.